Welcome to Story Chats at Inspire Romance. I am not Elizabeth Madry, your usual host for this podcast. Um, Elizabeth is unable to be with us today due to a family emergency. I'm Valerie Comer, and I'm here with my co-host, Narelle Atkins. Hi, everyone. We've also got Becky Wade with us today to talk about her newest book, Rocky Road. Uh, Becky's a California native who attended Baylor University, met and married a Texan, and settled in Dallas with their three children and one Cavalier King, Charles Spaniel. Boy, I don't know if I said that right. Uh, she <laughs> loves writing. Right here. <laughs> Is he, oh, can we see him? Well, I just tried to reach him and I scared him, so he ran away. Oh, but I like to well, well, we see him go out the door, <laughs> we'll be watching for him. She loves writing sweet contemporary romances laced with sizzling chemistry, mystery, faith, banter, and humor. Her 11 novels and five novellas have been recognized with the Carol Award, Inspi Awards, and a spot in the Christie Award Hall of Fame. Thank you for coming to chat with us again, Becky. You're very welcome. Thank you for inviting me back. So now we want to know if you can tell us a little bit about Rocky Road. Rocky Road is the second book in my current Sons of Scandal series. We got to meet Jude, the hero of Rocky Road, in the first book, which is right. called Memory Lane. And I set up what would be coming around the corner with his romance a little in Memory Lane. And then I picked up with that story, his story, in Rocky Road. He is an FBI agent and he is paired with a, a witness to um, work on an operation together. And that witness is the heroine, Gemma Claire. She's a perfumer and he's an FBI agent, as I said. And so they're paired together on this task and they have to pose for this task as boyfriend and girlfriend. So essentially, this is a fake relationship trope which I really have never done before in any of my novels. And I had a ball um, with it's a it. Fun in one. This yes. Yeah, it's a, such a fun one. Really loved it. So, Narelle, do you want to kick us off? I will. I absolutely loved reading this book. I read this book before Christmas, very early, before we were recording in January. But anyway, I did love the story and I remember it because... It was, such, it was such a good story. I can actually sit here and remember exactly what happened, which is always very <laughs> exciting when you don't forget a book. So well, I thought we could start by talking about Jude. So he's one of the Camden Sons of Scandal. And in the first book, we get a bit of a hint about the family stuff with his mother. So there's a little bit of a family sort of um, mystery sort of thing going on sort of in, along the edges as well. And he has a super complicated family background with his dad and there's all sorts of stuff going on. If you've read the first one, Memory Lane, then you'll know what I'm talking about. If you haven't read Memory Lane, go and read it and do yourself a favour. Do we have you an episode what I'm number, Narelle? No, we it? don't. <laughs> probably, it would have been um, probably about nine months ago. We, I think, was it nine months ago? Yeah, it was a while ago. But anyway, so I'm getting completely off track. So let's go back to Jude. So what inspired Jude to go to law school and then become an FBI agent in the context of his family set up and what his um, siblings and everyone else is doing? Because it's a very different sort of career trajectory to what you could possibly expect him to do. Yes, I think it is unusual for an attorney to then become an FBI agent and follow that path. 
I did research by reading books written by undercover FBI agents who had spent their entire career doing that kind of job. I read two of those books um, from cover to cover. And in one of those cases, the agent had followed that same career path. He had okay. become an attorney thinking that he wanted to go that route with his life. And then later transitioned into working for the FBI and realizing that that was really his true calling and his best fit. And I just really loved that. It seemed to suit the character that I had created mm -hmm. in memory lane. And it also comes into play as an advantage during the course of the storyline for Gemma and her family. And right. I love that he had some expertise that might help her out specifically with some things that were kind of weighing heavily on her. So that's mm -hmm. how I landed on making him an attorney and an FBI agent both. Yeah, I loved you. He was such a cool hero. And I've been, I'm always a sucker for the protector hero. In yes. C, whether it's in contemporary romance, whether it's in romantic suspense or a thriller or whatever, the protector hero, I'm always there. Yes. So yeah. Interestingly, yeah. his older brother, he's the younger brother, right? That's the right. Old, the other brother from Memory Lane um, was a race car driver. So now we've got an F, uh, attorney FBI agent. Can you talk about what made two brothers choose such opposite types of careers? Mm. I envision these two brothers as quite different. They have a lot of that. similarities, <laughs> but I always saw them as very individual people. And the older brother is um, more outgoing, more uh, willing to manage risk, more of a thrill seeker, more adventurous. Jude, I very much saw him as the second son, um, the one who is more humble, more cautious, um, more dutiful, the right. one who just picks up the pieces of his family um, and doesn't expect recognition or thanks for that. And so I, I took those two different personalities as my inspiration for what kind of careers they would eventually have. Uh, and then mm. I, of course, I was also choosing careers that fit my overarching concept for the story and the romance that played into my decision-making yeah. too. So fake relationships are a ton of fun, um, but the consequences most of the time for the truth being revealed is usually relatively minor, but not this time. Um, so there's a sting operation going on and Jude's entire future at the FBI is at stake. So can you elaborate a little bit more as to how the fake relationship came to life in your mind as and um, how it played out? Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I agree that the stakes in this particular fake relationship romance are high. Mm. He uh, is very much, um, very much invested in doing a good job at his career. He loves his career. And in the FBI, according to my research and everything that I looked into, it is very much against the rules for an agent to have any kind of romantic relationship with an informant or a cooperating witness, which is what the heroine is. Right. I actually loved that setup 
because I love romantic conflict. And I feel like that is the linchpin of any good romance. That's the thing, if it's believable, that really creates that chemistry and that longing for something that you really can't have. And as a romance reader, that's something that keeps me turning the pages. When I feel invested and I have a longing for these two people to get together, but they genuinely cannot do it. And so you're right. The stakes are high in this one for him, especially. Yeah. And um, I've I've tried to set up ways in which this, she had stakes um, as well. And she had romantic conflict as well. But really, the lion's share of the romantic conflict does rest on him in this case because of his job. It really does. But you're you're right. Teaser for our listeners. Um, there is definitely a conflict from her side as well. And I think that's pretty obvious within the first couple of chapters, but we don't need to go into that here. But um, she definitely has reasons where um, she knows it would be a really bad idea. But her personality is more of a, yeah, so it's a bad idea, but who really cares? Um, yes, that's so, true. <laughs> it's not that she doesn't know or recognize the, the right. issues. Yes. That was a lot of the fun that I had in pairing these two. She is a very sensory person and she is used to following her own urges, whether that is to chase a smell around a corner or try on a fuzzy sweatshirt or taste something that's sweet or salty she she's not afraid to plunge in and experience things and of course jude is the just poster boy for caution and he is not going to jump in he's going to look much much longer before he leaps and that was such a fun um dynamic for me and I love that she was always trying to sort of mess up his perfectly ironed shirts or say something that might you know cause him stress like that whole thing was part of the enjoyment I had writing this one for sure yeah there was a lot of of sensory in it I did notice that as well and really enjoyed it And that leads me into Beth's question for you. She says, I love that Gemma was a perfume creator and that there's a job called being a nose. Um, You obviously did research into perfume making. What was the most interesting thing you found while doing that? And were there any unusual ingredients you stumbled on that people might not think of as being part of a perfume? I found it fascinating in my research into the whole job of perfumer, that there are people who have an extraordinarily sensitive sense of smell. Mm -hmm. I am absolutely not one of those people. I feel like I don't smell things very well at all. I wish I smelled them more clearly, but there are people who are very much gifted in that sense. They have this very delicate, um, astute sense of smell. So that was really a fascinating thing for me to think about putting myself in those shoes and imagining what the world would be like if I was one of these people who could really surround myself with scents and smells like- And dissect them. 
That was an interesting part to me. Yes. These, these perfumers can dissect these smells. And it was fascinating to me that they are creative in the same way that the three of us are creative. We're writers Mm -hmm. and they are creative with smells. And so they're able to take myriad different, um, smells and combine them to create a beautiful whole kind of like we take words and we create a novel a beautiful whole with words and we we put in a certain amount of this word or a certain amount of this feeling and she's doing the same she's balancing all of these scents to create a perfume and so those aspects of research um i really i really enjoyed and found interesting did you find Sorry, so do people actually learn, is it like a school or a course or something that you people do to actually learn how to identify, like if you're a chef, you know, all the different spices and salty and sour and sweet, et cetera. Is there like a course or thing that people do or are people just naturally born with a talent to, to scent or smell things that the average person would just not even notice? Well, I did research by reading the biography of perfumer Joe Malone. And in her case, she was self-taught and Mm -hmm. just gradually, you know, took one step after the other, beginning to make perfumes and lotions in her house, kind of like I have Gemma doing earlier in her career. And then it it just sort of gradually grew from there through a series of events. So if there is a course, which there very well might be, I don't know about it, but maybe Mm -hmm. is my answer. Um, in the case of the research I did, she did not take any kind of formal training, but mm. it's very complicated and complex. There's a lot of science that goes into it that I didn't delve into in the novel because I'm writing a romance novel and I didn't think my, <laughs> my readers would necessarily want to know all of the science involved. So I just kind of give a, a glance at that. But um, it, it is it is a tricky and challenging profession, certainly. Yeah, because I th- my think of wine tasting. So if you ever go wine yes. tasting, you're smelling the bouquet of the wine before you taste it. And if you don't do the smell thing, then the taste doesn't work as well, if that makes right. sense. So they'll say a- that you'll enjoy the wine better if you've smelled it before you actually taste it. And I've never quite understood why that makes a difference, but apparently it does. Yeah, that's a good comparison. You know, those excellent sommeliers, can sip a wine using their sense of taste and decipher lots of different notes Mm. within that one wine, just like a perfumer can do with a perfume through smell. Um, And and yeah, I don't understand the complex communication between the sense of smell and the sense of taste. But when I have a cold and I have no sense of smell, like when that's removed, I have noticed that when I try to eat things, they don't really have much flavor to me either. Oh, yeah. So there is some really intricate combination between the two that I don't understand. <laughs> no, that's very true. So did you come across any particularly unusual ingredients in your oh, research? There are a lot of things that I had never heard of or imagined being in perfume that are used in perfume. So for example, there are many different wood smells that are used. And that's not necessarily something that I would have thought of. I would have thought of uh, flowers, of course, um, spices, 
herbs. I would have thought of all of those things, but there's many, many more materials, including wood and salt and other ingredients that have scent that are used in perfume making. That is really interesting. So thank you for joining us today. Tell everyone where we can find you online and what you're working on next. You can find me online at beckywade.com and then at Facebook, just search for author Becky Wade or on Instagram, Becky Wade Writer. I love keeping up with readers at all of those places. And I'm writing the final and third book in the Sense of Scandal series right now. Yay. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to write tell one. us about that. <laughs> yes, that one is going to be about Max, who yep. is the half brother of the first two heroes in the series. And it's going to be an enemies to lovers. Mm. Of course, I'm not going to show mm. any kind of, you know, sexy content on the page. Because so when I say lovers, I always say it sheepishly like, oh, um, but it is an enemies to lovers trope. And that I've done still the name chance. of the trope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've done second chance romance before, but I haven't done this particular trope this particular way. And it's always fun to challenge myself with things that I hmm. haven't tackled in the past. And so it's coming along. I'm I'm working on it slowly but steadily. Good yeah, job. I can't we... wait to read it. <laughs> Is that Thank likely you. to come out early 2025? Uh yes. It is likely I, cool. you know, it could come out sooner than that, but I don't, I don't expect it to. I expect yeah. it to come out in early 2025. I do. Excellent. Good, good. Yeah. We'll be watching for it. Thank you both. Thanks everyone for joining us today at Story Chats. Please let us know your thoughts in the comments on YouTube or the Story Chats Facebook page. If you have any thoughts about FBI agents or any thoughts about making perfume, or any aromas that you think go particularly well together, please let us know. Um, you can find more information about the podcast at inspiromance.com slash storychats. If you're watching on YouTube, please don't forget to subscribe and hit that notification bell so you never miss an episode. We'll see you next week. Meanwhile, be sure to take the time to fall in love with a good book. Bye, everyone. Goodbye. Bye.